Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. As always, I'm joined here with the home by my brother in the martial arts and esteemed co-host, Hey, Bob, how you doing over there? Oh, good. Absolutely great. It's starting to clear up finally. It was raining a little bit here, overcast. June blooms hit a little bit early, but it's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, typical L.A. It rains for 10 minutes and it's gone. Clears up. Clouds are gone. Uh-huh. Right on. Now, I don't... I, I don't know why my feet is stalling. Um, so it's like stalling, it's stuck. I'm pretty sure you can still hear us. Sorry that it's stuck. Uh, my encoder is uh, is overloaded. <laughs> I don't know why. Meh. Could be Skype, I don't know. Um, let's see here. But, you know, if you guys can still hear us, that uh, that counts. So, but let me try something here. I'm going to try and get us down into a lower bit rate here. And let's see what happens with that. Let's go. Let's go there. And boom. All right. <clears throat> hopefully that works. <laughs> hopefully. 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 Anyhow. So stay tuned because a little bit later we're going to be talking about martial arts and um, how it helps with anger management and emotional well-being. So we want to hear your stories. If you have been in a uh, um, in a tight spot or a uh, less than stellar emotional uh, uh, state of mind, then we want to know how martial arts has helped you. It had. We'll also probably touch a little bit on the myths that uh, um, that martial arts teaches violence because, you know, personally I've met martial artists that's, that are still angry and now they know martial arts. So we might talk about that a little bit later. So well, let's see, Rusty, I, I can see a, a, a martial artist that maybe has a little problem going to a, a therapy session and I think it would uh, go something like this. The therapist would hmm. say, well, you, let's talk about your anger management. And then the guy who has anger management is, it will say something like, shut up. I do not have anger management. How do you like your ass kicked? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how it could, it could be. You know, I mean, I've met too many, I've met too many, not too many. I shouldn't say too many. I've met a few martial artists that are like always angry, always, you know, question them they get pissed you know you side with the wrong club they get pissed you know um you know you you decide that you want to cross train somewhere else they get pissed i mean uh, you know and uh 
you know, and that kind of anger turns into bullying all over the, you know, all over the internet and, and stuff like that. And that's, um, that's unfortunate and uh, uncalled for. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to talk about the, the, I guess the pros and cons of what martial art, how martial arts ties in with anger management, um, and emotional, emotional status, emotional well-being. So, anyway, oh, let's see. Is my I did want to bring something up, and I texted you this this today, and you were at a dog show. Oh. But <laughs> yeah. so, uh, I figured I was gonna beat this thing this year. I show up at CVS at six this morning. It's I went to buy a Mother's Day card for my wife on Mother's Day. It's ten times worse than trying to buy a Valentine's Day card on Valentine's Day. That's there was right. like a half a dozen cards left all over the place. No white cards at all. And only one of the cards out of all the cards left had an envelope. You know? <laughs> I told Bob, I said, dude, you need to like get a Mother's Day card a week in advance. They have it out. <laughs> but you go on Mother's I Day. I know, but, yeah, but with me, it. I'd forget where I put it. <laughs> That's funny. I'd forget where the hell I put it. <laughs> put it in car. So I found one appropriate that was, was, was it could have been from, from anybody. It could have been from a, a daughter, a son. It was very generic. And then I had to take the one envelope that was there and pray to God that it fit the card I wanted. And it did. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> Nothing sucks than getting a card home and realizing it's just a little bit too small. Yeah. That sucks. Well, see, that's not bad. If it's too small, great. It'll still fit. But if it's too big, you're screwed. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I meant that the envelope was too small. Yeah. Oh, the envelope, I'm sorry. Yes, absolutely. When when that realizes, the look on your face is like, oh, my God. (laughs) It's like priceless. (laughs) Yeah, so note to Bob, one week in advance at least. Because they they have that stuff out like weeks in advance. Um, But, yeah. (laughs) So, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there and even if you don't have kids if you teach if you teach kids you're kind of a mom too you're you're kind of a mom for the time that you have them so happy mother's day to all the teachers out there martial arts and otherwise so right yeah, on yeah and you know i've you know rusty i've been called a mother before but they probably meant it a different way <laughs> and it never ended with gay it always ended it always ended with something else Right. Okay, there's my rim shot. <laughs> All right. So let's get moving on with the show. We've got some birthdays this week. Who do you have for birthdays on your end there, Bob? Oh God. My 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 screensaver <laughs> went on. I have no I have no phone open right now. Oh no. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> so now I've got to open up my email. Uh, come on. Uh, sent mail. There we go. We got birthdays happening. Uh, uh, today it's April Abad's birthday on the Yay. 15th. My daughter's leaving and she's not even going to say goodbye to me. 
Oh, that was a little shot shooting here. Uh, but April Abad's birthday on the 13th. On the 15th, it's Don Barrett and Mitch Heimer's birthday. And on 520, it's Daryl Vidal's birthday from the original Karate Kid movie. Nice. And that's all I have this week. All right, I've got a, I've got a few. Uh, tomorrow, the 14th, Mr. Eric Smith. He is a uh, USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame um, alumni. That's the word. I'm like, what's that word? <laughs> and then you already said Don Baird. <clears throat> We've also got uh, True Petrilli on Tuesday. We've also got... Uh, on Wednesday, we've got Russell Horita, who used to be a Tai Chi student of mine. We've got Sigon Luis Garcia, also on Tuesday. Uh, Paul Chen, also on Tuesday. He was a former Wushu student of mine. And Dylan Young, who was uh, also a Wushu student for a little bit. Um, on Friday, who do I have on Friday? Friday, Wanda Davis is having a birthday, and Roy Arizado. On Saturday, we've got Mom Louie, and I think I think that's it. For, oh no, I take that back. Mom Louie and uh, Renee Renee Elección Subida, and Brian Hughes. So for everyone having a birthday the week of the 13th through the 19th, this tune is for you. We sing happy birthday to you, and may all your dreams come true. Happy, happy birthday. But if you can hear us, that's all that counts. <laughs> all right, let's go to announcements, announcements. So what do we have for announcements there, CQ Bob? Well, we have coming up a couple things. 
Uh, of course, Dragon Fest happening on August 25th and 26th at the Pickwick Banquet and Garden Center at the, mm-hmm. I think it's the 1100 West uh, Riverside Drive in the city mm-hmm. of Burbank. Right. We've got celebrities, martial arts celebrities, TV celebrities. Uh, we've got Don Wilson, uh uh, James Wilson from Traditions uh, Entertainment, uh, Michael Chai White, uh, Herb Jefferson. We have TV star Matthew Boy will be there. Uh, we've got cultural uh, entertainment, Taiko drummers, uh, uh, face uh, Japanese uh, face changing, you know, with the mask. Uh, oh, yeah. Done by uh, uh, champion Kenny Perez. Oh, nice. Uh, it's going to be a great couple days. Uh, se- second day is going to be strictly a seminar day. We're going to have Don mm-hmm. Wilson and, and uh, uh, Benedict and a bunch of top martial arts teaching seminars all day long. Mm-hmm. Now, the Dragon Fest on the 25th is a $30 entrance fee, but anyone uh-huh. 17 or under is absolutely free oh, nice. now on sunday though it's only for adults for anybody 18 and over to come to, to participate in the seminars which are also the 30 dollars the children cannot now the nice thing about pickwick is you have an ice center a bowling alley an arcade a couple pool tables mm-hmm. a restaurant uh the kids can have a blast nice and that's what's happening there on June 2nd at the Martial Arts History Museum in 2917, uh, West Bank, only in the city of Burbank, we're having Cliff Stewart Day, which is going to oh. be fantastic. He's a great icon of martial arts, a uh, great right opponent. On. He's listened. We've had him on the show. It's been several years since we've had him on the show. Uh, oh. But he's, he's a great guy. I introduced you to him in what, 12, uh, 2014 at the uh, Honor Award at uh, the Burbank Holiday Inn. Mm-hmm. If you remember that. <laughs> I, yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Yeah, a little hesitant there, but okay. Uh, so that's no, going to be a great day, and those are my announcements. Uh. I'm just looking at my encoder, <clears throat> so... But I'll, I'll look at that uh, a little bit later. As long as y'all can hear us out there, that's all it can, that counts. Um, um, our video is lagging, so I'm just going to take a look at our encoder here. Um, but uh, events, other events on my end. What's going on here? I lost Facebook for a second. Um, <clears throat> the I don't have the flyer with me, but next weekend at the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame is happening in Los Angeles, Culver City to be exact. And I'm trying to remember <laughs> the name of the the name of the hotel. Um Double Tree by Hilton. Double Tree by Hilton. That's right. Double Tree by Hilton. So so I guess it's owned by Hilton. Okay, I'd always wondered about that. Double yeah. Tree by Hilton. What does that mean? That it's next door to the Hilton, or that it's owned by Hilton? No, it's, why does, it's owned by why Hilton. Oh, okay. So and why don't it's they just at sixty-one sixty-one West Sentinel Avenue? 
Oh, there you go. Thank you. You found the flyer before I did. Awesome. So there's going to be seminars going on Saturday morning. Um, there's going to be, I think, a meet and greet on Friday night. Don't know where that is yet. Um, and uh, I haven't heard yet whether or not there's going to be a tournament on Sunday. So we'll just see how that goes. So USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame, um, headed by Jim Thomas and Lori Hallmark. So Bob and I will be there, and we'll be uh, hanging out at the red carpet. So if you see us with a microphone, stop on by, come say hi, and uh, let's get you on a let's get you on a live feed for Dynamic Dojo Talk TV. Yeah, I could not find a decent hotel that was close enough, so I'm just going to mm-hmm. be driving back and forth. So oh, I'm probably not going to be at the at, at the. Uh, uh, at the seminar, I'll probably just come down dressed up that night and come out for the meet and greet on Friday and maybe come down for the tournament if indeed there is one. I haven't heard anything yet either. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know yeah, what's going on with that. So what I'm gonna do here real quick, folks, real quick. Let me go ahead and uh I'm gonna change scenes here real quick because I'm gonna change my camera. <laughs> I'm going to change the camera and see if it works. Okay. Oh, wait. Here's the seminar schedule. Oh, I didn't notice yeah, that. Maybe they added it. Uh, let's see. 8 to 9 a.m., Recita de Jesus, uh, Tai Chi. That's in room one. 9 to 10 mm-hmm. is Grant Smith, Taekwondo. Uh, 10 to 11 is Frederick Peterson, Mm-hmm. Uh, self-defense. He's 93 years old. Yes. Uh, and from 11 to 12 is Jim Schreiber. Doesn't say what he's doing. Uh, and uh, 1 to 2 is Roman Bronstein. He's going to do some Krav Maga. Mm-hmm. Eddie Mapula, world champion. He's going to do some Muay Thai from 2 to 3. And mm-hmm. three to four is going to be Dana Abbott. He's going to be doing Iaido. In room nice. two, uh, kinesiology, bottom mechanics by Brian Garrett from eight to eight to nine thirty. Nine thirty mm-hmm. to ten thirty is going to be Mark Shuey doing a cane. Mm-hmm. Uh, ten thirty to eleven thirty is going to be Ohana eight. And actually, they're going to go all the way from 10.30 to 1.30. Yeah, because there's the uh, I mean, I think Michelle Manu's in the Ohana 8. I don't remember who else is on there. So Right. Uh, Robert yeah. Pilkington's going to be doing the walking stick uh, from one to two, from 1.30 to 2.30. 2.30 to mm-hmm. 3.30. Kathy Long is going to be doing kickboxing strategies. Oh mm-hmm. shit! I didn't know he was doing a turn, uh, doing a seminar. Greg Woldridge is doing a seminar from three thirty to four thirty, called Body Domination. Huh? Didn't know that. I had no clue. I, I think they just it, posted this. So, is he is he going to the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame? I'm, I'm yeah, he called me the other day and says he's be, he's going to be there. He's inducting a bunch of people. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Nice. All right. So that's it for that's it for our um, 
I think. <laughs> I think that's it for our announcements. So with that said, let's move on to health news, I guess. All right. Let's see. I lost my, where's my stinger for my health news? There it is. Health news. All right. So, again, I apologize for the lag in the COVID's acting up again. All right. So, this isn't so much about health news as it is more about health crime. And this happens here in the state of Washington, Puyallup, Washington, as a matter of fact, which is about half an hour away from me. Um, And here's how this goes. Puyallup police say they arrested a suspect who might have exposed thousands of patients to hepatitis C. Um, the suspect, identified as a 31-year-old Edgewood woman, was booked, was booked Thursday night into Pierce County Jail for investigation of two counts of second-degree assault. Um, and uh, what's going on here, would you guys believe that this is a nurse? This is a nurse. <laughs> okay. Detectives wow. received information that the suspect was leaving the country. The suspect was located, detained, and arrested by PPD MCU detectives. Um, officials announced a potential patient health crisis at MultiCare's Good Samaritan Hospital in Puyallup. Hospital administrators are urging thousands of people who might have been exposed to Hep C in the hospital's emergency department between August 4th, 2017 and March 23rd, 2018 to get tested. Multicare says that one of their own emergency room nurses was stealing medication and may have already exposed at least two patients to the disease. As a result... The hospital is now urging thousands of former patients to be tested for hepatitis B, C, and HIV because of the nurse's alleged actions. The hospital says the nurse who was stealing drugs was not new to the industry and has a license to work in three states. They said she passed a drug screen when she first started working in Puyallup last summer but has resigned over the allegations and the Puyallup Police Department is investigating. Um, by the way, I, I'd heard that uh, since then um, her license has been revoked. Uh, but this nurse's actions violated our organization's values, says MultiCare Good Samaritan Hospital's president and COO, Chris Bredersen. Because of this, we violated the trust we have with our community. Now, during a press conference on Monday, uh, last Monday, <clears throat> Bredesen says that one of his hospital's own nurses was stealing narcotics intended for patients and has already infected some patients with hep C. We've certainly learned that healthcare workers are not immune from the op- um, opioid crisis, says Bredersen. Now, this all started last year when two patients who were previously treated in the emergency room returned and tested positive for hep C. More tests later showed that one of the nurses there also tested positive for the virus. And it turns out they discovered the same nurse was stealing meds. But officials admit they still don't know if she used the same needles on herself as she did on her own patients. That is the issue, says Chief Medical Officer Dr. David Bachman. There's been no other explanation that's come forward. We've identified about 2,600 patients 
who received injections of, our, of narcotics, antihistamines, or sedatives in the emergency room where this employee was on duty. Um, and they said that they will pay for testing and treatment for patients and their family members if the disease has spread. Multicare says 95% I'm sorry, MultiCare says 95% of patients who visited the Puyallup, the Puyallup Hospital's emergency room in the past seven eight or eight months don't have anything to worry about, but the other 5% are at risk of the infection, and many could have the disease who, um, that don't always show symptoms. Um, now, the hospital is accepting full responsibility and have thoroughly examined the processes to see where they can improve to prevent this from happening again. So... There you go. <laughs> wow. 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 Isn't that crazy? That's just that's, that's nuts. just nuts. It is. It is. And that's too bad because um uh I don't remember if um is there a treatment for hep hep C? Isn't there a isn't there a hepatitis where there is no real cure? Or am I thinking of some other disease? Are all I, the hepatitis I thought that was hep C. Type? Was it hep C? Help me out, folks. So, I think I thought um, it was. Yeah, I, I don't know, you know. But if anyone out there knows, you know, if there's a if there's a hepatitis category that does not have a cure, um, you know, let us know in the comments below. Um, let's see. Russ Ebert says Puyallup just graduated from Podunk to Crank, crank Capital. <coughs> yeah, that's crazy. Let's see who who's watching with us today. We've got Naomi Damien is watching. Bill Boggs is watching. How you doing, Bill? My brother Bobby Edmonds is watching. How you doing, Bobby? Samir Lee is also joining us. Stephanie Zimmerman. Hey, Steph, what you doing? Thanks for watching. And Randy Richards is also watching. Um, Terry Faircloth uh, says, I want to know how the heck they do that mask changing thing. That's pretty awesome. You know, I don't know. I was kind of given a hint because um i i've done I, i've done a few uh demonstrations for um for chinese cultural uh celebrations and stuff and there's always a mask changer in the back and uh, i'll tell you this though when the mask changes there is a slight noise so um there's got to be some way i don't know how they do it but um there's there's a noise. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of sounds like like that. So, <laughs> uh, but it is amazing, and uh, I I can't figure it out either because it's not like they take a mask off and hide it in their pants or anything like that. So, it's amazing. So if you've never if you guys have never seen a Chinese mask changing um, magic act, then then do it's 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 pretty cool. Pretty, it's pretty, pretty amazing. Cool. I've seen one. It's pretty cool. Oh, it's it's crazy, and it's kind of like you know they flick their head and there's a new mask. I'm like, what, what, what? what? <laughs> Where did that come from? All right, so health news is over. Let's move on. Weird to... news. Hey, what do we have for weird news? Well. I found the crappiest story that I could find. Literally. <laughs> Royal Oak, Michigan. 
some visitors to the Detroit Zoo will soon be able to add animal droppings on their souvenir list. Free That's crazy. of five pounds of animal manure dubbed Detroit Zoo Poo will be handed out or was handed out on April 14th as part of the zoo's Greenfest celebration. The event precedes Earth Day and will showcase how the zoo recycles waste. Buckets will be available <laughs> to the first thousand visitors to the zoo. I would just, I'm going to stand in line to get a bunch of crap. I get crap at home. Mommy, mommy, I want some poop. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Oh. Mommy, mommy, get me some poop. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, they have a digester that converts 500 tons of animal manure and other organic waste each year into methane-rich gas to help power the zoo's hospital. Nutrient-rich fertilizer is a byproduct. The zoo notes the compost is great for putting in your garden. Greenfest mm-hmm. is part of the Detroit Zoological Society's effort to improve green practices and facilities at the at the zoo in Royal Oak, north of Detroit. Wow. That is pretty strange. And there well, you have my I'm 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 full full crap story this week. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I remember when I was in China, they were selling um um these little like fish necklaces. I mean, they were they were little glass globes with fish in them, and I'm thinking. How the hell do they breathe in there? You know, in a few days, I'm going to be wearing a dead fish. I, I just, you know, and then I've seen, I've also seen like little turtle necklaces. I'm like, that is so not right. So at least with the manure, right. you know, you knew that, you know, that it passed through a living and still living animal, not one that's probably going to, you know, die around your neck. Um, Bobby, Bobby Edmonds writes in and he says, Hep A and Hep B have vaccines. It's hepatitis C that does not. That's what I thought. Oh, so I was right. Okay. So, so this nurse in Puyallup might have infected some people out of at least 2,600 people that have come through, you know, uh, multi-care Good Samaritan Hospital in Puyallup with an uncurable form of Hep. That's freaking crazy. You know, and other um, other news that's coming into my ticker says she's denying these allegations, and she 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 says, "I quote, I did not do this." Well, apparently you're stealing medications, lady. So, oh my gosh! <laughs> All right, let's let's move on before I get pissed about it. <laughs> let's move on to entertainment news. All right. Now. And the father, with my kids growing up, there were certain programs that I used to let my kids watch, you know, Zoe 101 and all these other programs. There was one that was actually starring Raven Simone, who was the the five-year-old little girl on the Cosby show, right? Yeah, I remember her. And he, he went nuts. They redid the show and didn't invite him back type thing. He was doing drugs. He was doing a bunch of stuff. So. Right. Orlando or Orlando Brown is finally opening up about being arrested last month in his underwear. 
saying the experiences left him traumatized and he plans on suing the men that came for him. <laughs> TMZ broke the story. Now, this wasn't cops that came for him. It was bounty <laughs> hunters. So that what? means he skipped bail. <laughs> he didn't show up to court. Wow. And the bail was high wow. enough where they sent somebody to go get him. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, bounty hunters, oh, not cops, raided the home where he was staying in Las Vegas. They found him. Oh, yeah. he here, Here's a line because he was not expecting these guys to show up. They found him hiding in an upstairs closet in his underwear. And the whole thing oh, was caught man. on video. What a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So this this is what we have to say for you, buddy. Dumbass. That's right. <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> man. Anyhow. <laughs> uh okay. Uh entertainment news. All right. <laughs> I just got this visual in my head. Sorry. All right. So why don't we do this, folks? Um, We're running a few minutes behind before we can open our phone lines. But uh, let's go ahead and take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about martial arts and how it helps in anger management, emotional wellness, and uh, all sorts of other feel-good things. So don't go away, folks. We'll be right back after this. Hi, I'm Ryan Seacrest for RAD. Over 300 people in this country are killed every week by a drunk driver. That's the equivalent of two 747 plane crashes every single week. And the problem isn't going away unless we all do our part to stop it. So if you see someone who's about to drive after drinking, get the keys. Don't leave it up to anyone else. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters and the Ad Council. This is Chicago-style hot dog here. I'm not feeling too good. Turns out, along with all the other bad things my cholesterol does, they say it's a risk factor for strokes. Strokes? Sheesh! Good news from National Stroke Association. Exercising, eating right, and asking your doctor about medicines that can help lower your cholesterol, like statins, may reduce the risk of a first stroke. And if you've already had a stroke, it's even more important you lower your cholesterol. Lower your chances of stroke by controlling your cholesterol. Visit stroke.org today. Packers. Vikings. We come from different places. Uptown. Downtown. We come to different conclusions. Half empty. Half full. But when we live united, we make a real difference in the building blocks of life. Children succeed in school. Families gain financial stability. The health of our neighbors improves, and suddenly so do our communities. Real change won't happen without you. Live United. So give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Sign up today at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Greetings and welcome to the world's first and only Martial Arts History Museum. My name is Michael Matsuda. I'm founder and president of the museum. Designed as an educational facility, the museum is a fun place for young people and visitors to experience art, history, culture, and tradition and its relationship to the martial arts. Created as a timeline, it reveals how Asian history has had a unique and positive effect on American history. 
In just under an hour, visitors will be able to explore the culture and tradition of China, Japan, Korea, the Philippines, Thailand, and even Hawaii. You will be impressed with our section on the history of anime and the role Walt Disney played in changing the world. In our media section, visitors will enjoy reliving their past as they examine our historical timeline of martial arts and film, TV, and print. And as a bonus, visitors will get a thrill from our props from a variety of martial arts movies, including The Karate Kid, Kung Pao Movie, Revenge of the Ninja, Wendy Wu, Big Trouble in Little China, and many more. From Anna Mae Wong to President Theodore Roosevelt, to Bruce Lee to Avatar The Last Airbender and the Ninja Turtles, the martial arts has not only transformed American history, but it changed the world. The museum is a fun and exciting place to visit for the whole family. All the displays here were designed by the artists from Disney, DreamWorks, The Simpsons, and Halloween Artists. If you are part of the Unified School District, head up a homeschool, boys and girls club, the Boy Scouts, or even church groups, your kids will have a fun time experiencing different cultures and Asian history. I know that there are many great museums out there for our kids to enjoy and explore. Now you can put the Martial Arts History Museum on that list of places to visit. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show. Your source for martial arts talk radio. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Okay. This is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio, or Talk TV, with Rosita and Robert. So, yay. So, our phone number is 347-677-0699. And what we are going to be talking about is uh, martial arts um, and how it ties in with... uh, positive things such as anger management, emotional well-being, and uh, just learning to kind of roll with the punches, so to speak, no pun intended. <laughs> so so we want to hear stories from you guys. We want to hear if you have any student, uh, student success stories that have overcome um, anger issues um, or depression issues um, or anything like that through the practice of martial arts. Uh, we've got Mario Pastro's watching. How you doing, Mario? Keith, Keith Casey. Keith, uh, I can't say Keith's name. Keith Casey is <laughs> watching. Sorry, Keith. Uh, CJ Mayo is watching. We've also got Grandmaster Ron Liu, um, who stopped by. I don't know if he's still watching. Um, Grandmaster Larry Tatum also just stopped by. <clears throat> Ken Hogan is watching. Nathan Harbridge. So thanks for joining us, everyone. Dad McAdey is watching. And uh, as always, we've got Russ Ebert, John Lupo, and uh, Janie Larkin-Miser, and uh, Bobby Edmonds uh, watching along with us. Um, I'm curious about something, Rusty. What's that? You know, uh, Michael did that nice, uh, I think he did that specifically for us, that that commercial that you just had with Air every week. Mm -hmm. Now, he mentioned a few organizations, uh, Unified School District. Boys and Girls Club. Then he gets to Boy Scouts. 
Mm-hmm. Is he gonna? Are we gonna have since Boy Scouts can't be called Boy Scouts anymore? Are we gonna have to re, have him redo that commercial? Well, what do they what do they call them now? I I forget. You know, I mean, I should have looked before I said something. But yeah, they're <laughs> they're they're not going to be able to call the organization Boy Scouts anymore because now girls are gonna want in. And of course, oh, when they said that, I was thinking of that. Brady Bunch episode where Peter joined the Sunflower Girls. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> You're the first one that did. Everybody else said that was our age or older. And so I don't remember that one, but it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They don't they don't remember that? Oh, come on, folks. No, my <laughs> wife didn't remember that. A girl I worked with didn't remember that. And these are people our age and that grew up on, on it. And... Um, but yeah, they can't call the organization Boy Scouts anymore. I wonder how England feels about that because England is the was where uh, the which is where the Boy Scouts came from. Right, right. So I don't, you know, I don't know. You know? I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm pretty sure that uh, um, uh, England is probably just going to stick with. You know, with Boy, Boy Scouts. Scouts, right? Exactly. And I'm, I want to tell people go screw themselves. It's been like this for over a hundred years. Now you want to change it? Yeah. Well, you know, here's my take on it. Okay, there, there's already Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. Yeah. So, you know, but people, now that you said that, I bet they want to change thing. Girl Scouts. Well, you know, I was going to say, you know, if that's the case, if a boy wants to join Girl Scouts, then, you know, if the Boy Scouts are allowing it, then the Girl Scouts should, too. Just saying. You know? That's right. At, that's right. That point, and you know what? At that point, they should just oh, go merge. Ahead. Oops. At, that point, at that point, they should just merge and just call it, you know, Scouts or Scouting exactly, of America. Right. Thing. And then you know? it, it's like it, it's like this uh, uh, movement to have a gender-neutral bathroom. Well, Mm -hmm. I'm in the door business and hardware business, and we've always sold bathroom signs, unisex male or female. Mm -hmm. Unisex where it's only like a a one-toilet bathroom, not multi-stalls. But now I just found out that there are signs for gender-neutral bathrooms. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, there there are. Are you smoking crack? (laughs) Well, you know, with these with these gender neutral bathrooms, um, at least the ones that I've been in, you have to lock it. You know, and there's usually a lock that says vacant on it. You have to lock it. Um, oh, so gender gender or gender neutral bathrooms that you've experienced are single use bathrooms. Then no, they're 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 well. Pretty see, that's the thing is that the bathrooms I've been in have like maybe three stalls, four stalls, but you have to lock it. Oh, okay. So it's like, but so that means there's like two stalls that aren't used, right? So See, that makes no <laughs> sense. And just have them use a unisex single stall bathroom. Yeah. So, you know, but I look at it this way. If it's going to be a, a unisex bathroom, then the bathroom should have a baby changing table in it, a urinal, and a few regular toilets. And... You know, if if you want gender neutral or whatever, and you want to go in there, go. then if you're a lady, don't be surprised if there's some guy standing there 
you know, but then again, you know, the, the urinals could have their own little, you know, thingies too, right? Their I'm own sorry. little partitions. If you want to go into a general neutral, I, I've got a solution actually, Russ. If you want to go into a general, a gender neutral bathroom, go home. There's one. <laughs> well, now hold on, because it's kind of like, um, because it's kind of like this. So this is the problem I'm seeing, though. And and I promise, folks, we'll get to our actual our, our actual subject. Here. <laughs> yeah. My fault. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the problem. <laughs> no, the pro. No, the, I, the the only issue I see with that is that um, if. Like I said, you know, you might have some lady that comes in with her baby, and then there's some guy that's under undergoing, you know, the change from male to female, and then you've got some lady that has no idea what's going on or misunderstands it and stuff, and starts calling the police or beating up on some, you know, trans guy or something like that, <clears throat> or vice versa. You know, um, it's it's just, yeah, you know. I mean, if it says transgender, you know, personally, I don't care. If I got to pee, I don't care who I pee in front of. You know, <laughs> you know no door on there, I'm fine, you know. Uh, but, you know, it would be different if some guy's just staring at me through the, you know, through the stall door or something. Then I got to say something. But, you know, and I would expect, you know, guys to just, you know, assuming that there's a partition to a gender-neutral urinal in a in a bathroom, you know, I would I would also expect that a guy not freak out if a lady comes in, you know, um, you know, unless of course there's like guy talk going on, or if there's like lady talk going on, you know. I hope a guy isn't gonna mind, but you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Of course, but then again, you know, what if you bec- now it's an offensive thing? What if you become offended? What if the guy says something stupid because that happens? What yep, you know. And where are, the, where are the boundaries? Where are, are do you have to be a gay male to go in where the women are going? Do you have to be a transgender? Has that been defined? That's a good. That's a because good. Mo, because because mo, most question. guys I know, if if they see a transgender uh, uh, going into a bathroom with with women in it, they'll take care of the rest of the change over themselves. They'll do what? <laughs> Never mind that lie. I was I was thinking about it, and I'm going. If this guy has a knife, he's going to take care of the rest of the change himself because there are still guys out there without an open mind. But I lost translation. Okay. Oh, I hate when that oh. happens. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> so anyway, you know, I yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Now I so, now I do want to talk about remember the the text the the texting that went out uh to a couple of our friends about oh you're this and you're that you're fake this you're fake that and I want right. I want that to be part of this conversation as well it's, because that it's that doesn't show anger management that shows the guy's absolutely nuts and I've seen yeah. stuff like that and I ended up blocking this individual from ever contacting me on Facebook because I told him to go screw himself and not right. to come up to me or you at Dragon Fest because he wasn't welcome. Right, right. And um and that's part you know, of it. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring that bring that up because um you know, martial arts is supposed to 
um, you know, help with anger issues and bring all sorts of, you know, uh, bring all sorts of different mindsets, in, you know, into, um, into the, into the mix, right? Um, and uh-huh. you know, with, with some people, it doesn't work that way, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> some people are just permanently angry and that's, and that's too bad, you know, but. Which really sucks because yeah. before they were angry, now they're angry with skills. Exactly. 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 They're angry with skills. Now, um, before we get into that, you know, we want to hear some we want to hear some success stories. So give us a call, three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine or you can uh comment in the comments down below. Um no, of Rusty, Rusty, do you remember in, in two thousand uh when was it? 15 or 16 when we met Chuck Liddell at the Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a nice guy that guy was. <laughs> he was yeah. a prince. You First know? thing I said to him, I shook his hand and said, hey, wait a minute. Don't, don't you sell brakes? Because <laughs> he, <laughs> he did that Rhino brake commercial or batteries or yeah. whatever the hell he was selling. Yeah. And he laughed yeah, about I, it. He was just a great guy. You sell brakes. Yeah, I know you. You sell brakes. <laughs> yeah, he's right. a great guy. He looks like he'd be able to pound people into the ground, but yeah, you're right. What a what an awesome guy. What an awesome guy. Oh, so, oh and they're trying to get him for Dragon Fest as well. Oh, nice. Nice. That would be cool. That would be awesome. All right, so we want to hear your success stories, folks. 347-677-0699. Right up there. 347-677-0699. All right. So I'll go ahead and start. When I was still teaching karate, I had a student named Dan. And he he got as far as um, uh, purple belt in uh, karate with me. And he was an angry individual. Now, that's not to say that, you know, he had that energy. You know how, like, you can tell when someone's just an angry person, you know? Well, yeah, he didn't really seem like that guy. He was big and, you know, really kind of soft-spoken. He had kind of like a, uh, he had like what I call called a, a lush voice. He had a, a, a radio voice, right? And, uh, oh, okay. uh, yeah, and he, he was, um, he was good at what he did. And, uh, but he did have an anger problem. Um, and uh, according to, you know, the the lady at the time that he was having a relationship with, um, if he got angry about work being weird or, or somebody at work saying something or anything, he would just fly off the handle. And then he'd realize that he flew off the handle and, uh, you know, go apologize and stuff. But, you know, some of these episodes were violent, like punching through walls, you know, kicking in, you know, tables and stuff like that. And, uh, and he came to me one day and he said, Sensei, you know, I, I think I recognize that I have a problem with my anger. I get mad a lot and um, I don't know what to do about it because I do things that I regret afterwards. And I go, oh, so you're one of the, you're one of the tornado kind of angry guys, right? You you break things, you you yell, you punch walls, and you know, kick things, and yeah, you know. But I never try to hurt people, he says. But you know, sometimes the urge 
to pound people's faces in, it it just takes over me. So I have to do something, you know. And and that explains, you know, one time he had his fist wrapped up, and I said, "What happened to you?" I said, "Oh, I had an accident." He had he ended up going to the hospital. Well, what had happened was he got pissed off about something and put his hand through a wall and hit a two by <laughs> and hit a two by four. And I was like, "Oh, okay." So you know, I told him, I told him what I had learned when I was younger, that anger is a secondary emotion and that he needs to learn to recognize what the first emotion was and then go from there. So I said, for example, Dan, let's say, I don't know. So let's say someone, you know, thoroughly embarrasses you in public. First thing that you feel is humiliation. And now you get pissed. Because that person humiliated you in public. So you kind of see how it's a secondary emotion. And he's like, yeah. And I said, the trick is, is finding out what that primary emotion or mindset is um, and finding out why you react to it. If you just take just a few seconds and think about that, you know, maybe you can make that choice as to, is this a good enough reason to hit this person. Is this a good enough reason for me to put my fist through a wall? Is this a good enough reason to waste my time with this negative mindset? And he goes, okay. And, you know, it had been a rocky road for the next year after that, but he slowly had less and less of these violent anger outbursts. And, um, you know, before he moved away, and dropped off the face of the planet, I think, um, you know, I was pretty proud of him for being able to stop, look, listen, and think, you know, as to um, how to, you know, about, about his um, anger. And uh, and uh, several students after that, primarily teens, um, had that had anger management problems, I, I told them the same thing. And I told them, hey, you know, you know, you know, getting – Thinking through anger is like, you know, trying to trying to pick, you know, which targets to hit if you're doing, you know, self-defense, right? You know that you have to hit this target and you have to hit it hard. But you also know that you have to know your mapping also. Like if I hit somebody in the groin, where's his head going to go? You know, you have to choose the right, you have to choose the right target. In this case, you have to choose, you know, your fights in, in this case. Um, if someone hits you, you know. You can hit back or you can redirect your choice. But, you know, uh, with these teens, and we know we know all about teens. I mean, you know, I, I was around your son when he was in the teen years. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been around a lot of teens. I teach a lot of teens, you know, um, at work, at the school I work at. And, you know, nine times out of ten, fights start because of anger. Anger that is ego-related. Somebody dissed somebody, you know, and somebody, you know, got humiliated or whatever, and now they're pissed. So now you're dealing with youth that don't have emotional maturity yet. You've got these kids that that don't have a means of learning how to deal with their emotions, or they don't have any, you know, emotional maturity. And they're pissed? Oh, man. That's tough. <laughs> well, you know, Rusty, it's 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 
ironically, you mentioned the term mapping. If you hit somebody in the groin, their head's going to go down. If you hit them in, in, in the face, they're going to back up. Now, part of mapping with what we're talking about tonight is the consequences. Exactly. If I do this, what's going to happen? A, a guy I work with, he was a dumbass. He, he got upset, mm-hmm. and, and he hits his desk a lot, slams his fist down. One time he was drinking a Coke, had his Coke down, got a phone call, got pissed, hit his desk. His Coke flew up in the air and landed on his computer face down. Oh. Scrapped his computer. Wow. But his whole story was, oh, my computer just waked out. I didn't do anything. Yeah, whatever. I would have had his ass paying for that computer out of his paycheck. Yeah. That's the consequence. You know, As it is, he has no consequence. Lion sack. That's <laughs> yep. what he is. So, well, why is he so pissed? What's what's going on with him? And he's a coworker. Yeah, because he's just some angry guy. If something goes wrong, or if he's getting too many phone calls, or if he's busy, he gets upset. <clears throat> Not only is it anger management, it's stress management. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But now you have to say that your boy, your boy got angry. He hit a wall. He had to go to emergency. So now you've got doctor bills. You've got medicine. You've got AIDS bandage wraps. You've got repair to the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. you've got a whole bunch of, of of consequences coming in right behind you. Yeah. And then if you hit out. somebody, now you've got the police involved. Exactly. You know, and when when people say you know blind with rage, I get it. You know, I've been there. We've all been there. Um, and you know, honestly though, sometimes people don't think about those consequences because when we are right there in the moment, in that rage, the only thing on your mind, at least on mine, the only thing on my mind, if I hit a blind rage is, um, to make that person pay. And, um, you know, luckily during one incident where I was looking for someone in a blind rage to make them pay, um, I had enough time because I had to drive to find them. I had enough time to actually think, hey, if you shoot this person, you're going to jail. (laughs) Right, right. Right? You know? And, you know, that's when, you know, the, the blind rage turned into just pissed. I can deal with being just pissed, but then I, I had to stop and think: Is this worth? Is this worth me feeling like this? Um, and you know what happens also when you're mad? You have to justify it. You justify it in your head, folks. You go, well, yeah, it's worth it. And my, I know what went on through my head. Yeah, it's worth me, you know, dealing with this because for the next five or six years, I'm going to be dealing with bad credit. I won't be able to buy a house. I won't be able to buy a car because this person robbed me blind and, and, you know, stole my credit card blind and blah, 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 blah. 10,000 something dollars in the hole because of this person and blah, blah. Now I can't find him. And they did this all because of drugs. I was pissed. Um, but well, I had to, and now you mentioned blind rage. Now I know a guy that came in that was a, a, a guy I did some work for that was actually blind rage. If he got pissed enough, he blacked out until the conflict was over. Now, that's dangerous. Wow. Wow. So he went serious blind. Yes. Yes. He went serious blind rage. 
Wow. Wow, that's crazy. That is crazy. So now he Maddie doesn't Elf- have time to think. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, he doesn't have time to think because he's blind. Passes out. Matty Elvis right. writes in, and he, the key to anger, I find, is a sense of humor or lack thereof. Well, here's the thing, right? Um, you know, the, there are many, there are many thoughts about, you know, this this particular mindset, anger, that it's okay to let out anger. I get it, and it is. It's 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 healthy to have an outlet. Hence, martial arts. I know if I'm pissy. I've got a heavy bag at the school. I can pound it. I can kick it. You know, I can break rebreakable boards. I, you know, or I just strap on some running shoes and I run and shadow box or whatever, right? Um, but, you know, if you hold on to that after your workout, then, you know, what's the point of letting it loose? You're bringing it back. You're dwelling on it, right? You know, um, so, and some people will say, well, then don't get angry in the first place. We're human, though. <laughs> That's an emotion. It is. It's an emotion. I guess, I guess what we're talking about here is healthy ways of expressing it. Um, because we know that, you know, shooting someone or hitting someone and getting police involved and, you're getting, and you getting your ass in jail is probably not a good consequence just for a few minutes of vengeful anger. Um, so healthy ways of expressing. So, um, uh, Russ Ebert says frustration. Yeah. Frustration is another one of those, um, mindsets that can lead to anger. Disappointment can, can lead to anger. Um, you know, stuff like that, you know, but the, but really, you know, how many of us actually stop and think and go, is this worth my time? What was the first emotion that I, that I uh, experienced that made me this pissed? <clears throat> you know, I'll admit, um, I'm kind of 50-50. You know, it, it depends on the situation. If someone says something or does something absolutely stupid or does something that actually hurts emotionally or physically or whatever, boom, I get pissed. But depending on the situation, I can, you know, I'd like to think that I can think about, okay, what's my first emotion and is is this worth my time? Um, if not, then move on, walk away, never talk to that person again, whatever, right? Um, or do I dwell on it? <laughs> Nine times out of ten, I say, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with it. Um, let's see, Matt Stone writes, there's a reason the law makes a distinguish, uh, distinction between crimes of passion committed, committed in the heat of the moment as a person is overcome with emotion and crimes involve, involving malice um, of forethought that, that contain premeditation and planning. That's true. Yeah, exactly. You know, when you're... Gee, and, and premeditation with you, Rusty, is driving somewhere to find somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no crime of passion there. <laughs> no, there wasn't. You know, but you know, when I finally found the person, like I said, luckily I had enough time to think about it. I said, you know, why? Why? 
I just kept asking why, 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 why do you want to do me like that? Why do you, you know, why do you want to diss me like that? Why do you want to basically, you know, uh, ruin my financial life for the next however many years it takes to reestablish credit, right? I was right. pissed. You know, and a bunch of my friends said, you are rightfully so, and you should be. Um, and, you know, I thought to myself, well, I, I actually felt guilty for feeling that kind of rage. So what I said was, okay, I'll help you, because this person was on drugs. So you know what I did? I paid for intervention. I paid for treatment. I paid for it. After I got robbed blind, every, almost everything in my apartment of value was stolen. <laughs> stolen and hawked for what? Coke? You know? It's the <laughs> Wow, how does it how does it feel to get screwed and not get kissed or even dinner bought for you? I know, right? Just bend me over, right? Um <laughs> That's and right. take what you want. It was it was it was well what was what was ugly was me waking up and finding out. Everything was gone. My wallet you know, checks, um, I think a deposit from from where I was working um, that I was supposed to take the next day was gone. And there was like thousands of dollars in there that guess who had to pay for? Me. Um, and on top of that, you know, because my wallet was stolen, there was thousands of dollars that was stolen out of my, uh, um, out of my bank account. And I had like a little over five grand in there because I had took a loan out to buy uniforms for the business that I was a security business that I had at the time. And they spent money so fast that I was overdrawn by five grand. So I was 10 grand. in the Oh fall. my God. All. Uh, yeah. This was like in the mm, early nineties, like 1993. Something. You, you didn't prosecute for grand theft and forgery and credit card fraud and, identity well, theft and all that crap. Well, luckily, luckily um a personal banker at my bank noticed the the transactions. It was too rapid and it happened in the middle of the night. It just so happened he was a friend of mine. So he noticed it and he's like, "What's going on here?" So he calls me and um he goes, "Hey, what's going on?" And I said, "I'll be right there." So by the time I got to the bank, he unfolded this piece of paper that was still, you know, the paper, uh, the paper feed with the little holes on the edges, right? <laughs> right. You know, the right. printer, you know, and he went, and there was like pages and pages and pages of stuff. I was pissed. I'm like, this all happened while I was sleeping last night. He's like, you know, you're, we, we closed your account, but it was too late. You know, we can't get back that five grand. I'm like, ah. so I got my car, went home and I I thought to myself I am going to hurt somebody, and it was bad. I put stuff in my pockets and I got in my car. <laughs> and I oh, was, let me guess, these are sharp objects you shouldn't be running with. Um. Well, yeah, sharp objects I shouldn't <laughs> be running with, and what and what we playfully call bark here, bite there. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, and I was going to find her, and I was like, oh, my God. Um, but, you know, I was, what, 23. So I was young. I was dumb, you know, passionate about everything, passionate about, you know, all sorts of emotions. And um, 
I had no idea where to find her. I was calling people, you know, I had a pocket full of dimes, quarters, whatever it cost back then. Had my pager on. <laughs> and I was, oh, I was oh she had a pager. I had a pager. Tells everyone out there how long ago it was, right? So I yeah. was like, but, you know, it took about, you know, two hours for me to find her. But that was when I had the time to think and go, why did she do this? Well, addiction is a funny thing. You know, it's a disease and this and that and the other and blah, 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 you know. So that's why afterwards, you know, I felt guilty about, you know, having that blind blind rage and I paid for treatment and intervention. And, um, but, you know, you know, fool me once, you know, fool me twice. <laughs> yeah, it, I was fooled twice. Because after the treatment was over, everything was hunky-dory for about three months, and I got robbed again. And that's when I—that's when they finally got the picture. We should probably get out of the state. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, Matt Stone writes in an interesting note. In men, depression is frequently exhibited by anger and irritability and not by the typical sadness associated by a depressed mind state. Um, and John Lupo says, honestly, how many people do you know that are listening have good anger management skills? Um, 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 let me back up here, folks. Um, John Lupo said, I thought the key to poor anger management skills was knowing where to hide the bodies. <laughs> Absolutely right, John. <laughs> Maddie goes, I'm lucky. I'm lucky there. I have a headband I have a headband that is quite literally infested with huge sharks. What? Anyway. Um Janie says, we have a black belt who's just in his 20s who loses his temper with the kids in an after-school program. This last time, he actually laid hands on a kid. I counseled him, and I took his belt away and suspended him. I told him that when he can come to terms with his anger, then he, the master, and I can talk. Black belts carry themselves with anger. Um, Wow. Wow. Laid hands on a kid. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. You know, I mean, with some kids, you know, that really push your buttons or or are really, um, they really give you an attitude and um, are looking to fight you and almost itching for you to hit them so that way you get in trouble. Um, you know, it's it's tough sometimes when you when they're in your face. Um you know, many years ago when I was doing a, uh, uh, like a PE workshop about self-defense, there was this junior high kid or middle school kid at the time, middle school kid, he was big, got up in me and Cheryl's face. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And he started boxing, you know, and it was obvious that he had only seen boxing, never took it. He'd only seen it. And he kept dancing around me and Cheryl and he got up to Cheryl. What are you going to do, bitch? What are you going to do? And she said, nothing, but you come one inch closer and you're going to be laying on the floor because now it's assault. You get that? And he backed up. Sorry. Just kidding. <laughs> right? 
Cheryl called his bluff. And then I did one on my own, and the same thing happened to me. And instead I said, so, you know, what are you doing this for, attention? What, what are you doing this for? Make yourself look like a badass? Because I tell you what, if you beat up on a girl, no one's going to be impressed. But if I kick your ass, you're not going to hear the end of it. What are you going to do? What's your choice, boy? And he backed up. <laughs> that whole, like, well, what if? What if she does kick my ass? <laughs> oh, my God. Maddie goes, you are much more generous and merciful than me, Christina. Well, Maddie, after the second time, I don't know if it was generous and merciful. I, I, I actually thought I was stupid. You know, and probably naive, you know, that I believed her that, oh, everything's okay and this and that and the other and blah, blah, blah. And then after I got robbed blind a second time, I found out that some of my other friends got robbed also. Um, And that's when I realized that, you know, drugs can be, drugs can be just a, a, a funny thing that will kind of fuck you up. You know, you don't you don't just sell your firstborn for that next meth hit or coke hit or crack hit or whatever. You you you'll sell anything, and and that's kind of where she was at that time. You know, um, you know, I hope she's doing well, but you know, it's going to take a lot to garner my trust back. You know, would I be civil? Yeah, I can, but I don't. You know, I don't forget. So, kind of. Kind of, kind of hard. <laughs> so, wow, that's that's quite a story, Jamie. Oh my goodness, you know, if you're gonna work with kids, folks, <clears throat> take it for a grain of salt. I mean, they're gonna push buttons, they're gonna challenge you, and it's you know a part of growing up. Maybe it's you know how they're growing up at home. Maybe it's what they're being taught or not taught. You know, and you have to kind of take it for a grain of salt. But whatever you do, you better not be the first person that lays hands on them because you will go to jail. Um, Now, someone had asked me, well, what do you do if they try to hit you first? And, well, all bets are off at that point, you know, especially if there's more than one big kid coming at you. You know, I would say, you know, don't treat it like someone came at you with a knife. You know, but, you know, if you can control it, you know, just let them know, hey, that's not okay, <laughs> you know, and uh, and that that's kind of a sticky question. Maybe maybe we should do a show on that on another day. You know, what happens if a, a big kid or a gang of kids attack you? You know, is it considered, quote unquote, child abuse if you defend yourself? So... Gosh, we, do you know anyone, Bob, that might be able to talk with us about that? Like law enforcement? Hey, you know, we got Matt Stone. <laughs> Matt Stone's law enforcement or ex-law enforcement. I don't remember what he does now. Um, so anyway, yeah, we can talk to him about that. Anywho, our phone number is 347-677-0699. Terry Lee Lopez is back watching us. Thanks for coming back there, Terry. All right. What about you, Bob? Did you have any students that have um, gotten some benefits from martial art training, um, or you know, has martial art training helped you with any um, anger issues or anything like that? 
Where'd Bob go? Bob, you're on mute. I I am on mute. Uh, Yes. No, I've never really had any students that that came up under me or or any one of my instructors that had anger issues to to deal with. Well, you lucked out. (laughs) Yeah. What about you out there, folks? All right. Oh, wait. Let's see here. John Lupo says, somehow I get the feeling if I ever lose it, a bottle of Jack Daniels and a chainsaw would be involved. (laughs) But, you know, to answer your question, John, how many people do you know that are listening here have good anger management skills? That's a great question. Because, you know, I guess what I guess what uh, I have to reiterate, I have to repeat my question. I'm not asking how many people don't get angry. Because we're human. It's an emotion. And, you know, we all, you know, are pushed to the tipping point. But I guess what I mean by management is, you know, do you lash out immediately? Do you yell? Do you scream? Do you punch things? Do you hurt people? Or do you, you know, just kind of like seethe and then try to deal with it and deal with the situation? You know, um, it's been, you know, it's been... Um, an ongoing thing with me since I blew up that one time with the person that, that robbed me blind because I'd never been so pissed before. Never been so pissed. Um, and, you know, I, 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 ha- I do have to stop and go, hmm, all right. You know, even if there are kids that are, you know, in my face or whatever, I have to stop and think, what are the consequences here? <laughs> what are the consequences here? You know, is this worth my time? You know, so Eric Dutra. Hey, Eric, how you doing? Eric says, growing up, I learned the only reaction to things that happened was anger. I broke things. I threw things. I hit people. Um, the ones that I the ones that I should be protecting. One day I finally woke up and it was my oh, hold on. And it was blah, 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 blah. I finally woke up, and it was my karate training that taught me how to deal with my anger. I rarely get angry now, and when I do, I know how to handle it and not, and not take it out on others. I credit martial arts for my peace and mindfulness. Jamie writes in, I had a punk getting stupid with me at work, and one of my officers, who is a yellow belt at my school, just laughed and said, Miss Jane isn't the one. You may want to rethink your attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that Matt was very said, subtle. Oh, that was a very subtle way of saying you're about to get your ass kicked. You better cool it. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Matt Stone writes, "It's not child abuse at that point. It is self-defense." Janie writes back, um, "He could have had the school in big trouble." That's true. Matt Stone goes, "Child abuse is one thing. Defending yourself against assault and battery is something else. The trick ultimately will be articulating the situation in front of a judge or jury." Exactly. Exactly. Right. You know, I, I've, students ask me, you know, what if um, adult students, what if, a, you know, a big kid comes at me with a baseball bat just because he wants to be badass in front of his friends or whatever? And I said, well, then you treat it as someone coming at you with a baseball bat, period. I don't care if it's an adult or, you know, uh, a 17-year-old. I don't care because if that teenager is coming at you with a baseball bat, they plan on using it so it's not like you know some three-year-old that throws a temper tantrum and you know 
lays on the floor and starts crying and kicking things and saying, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. That's one thing where, because, you know, kids that young, you know, don't have the means or the capability to deal with their anger, you know, and, you know, neither do some 14-year-olds. But, you know, even if a 10-year-old came at me with a baseball bat, I would have to treat it like someone coming at me with a with a baseball bat. And besides, 10-year-olds these days are huge. They're taller than I am. 10 years old. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know if I'd be bragging about that, Rusty. <laughs> Ten, <laughs> ten years old. What are they feeding people? Gosh, you know. Oh my goodness. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, with that said, let's move away from the anger because you know martial arts is supposed to teach you focus, right? I mean, focus. Um, you know, being able to think ahead. Um being able to approach things with a calm mind, especially if you belong to a school that does meditation or any type of, uh, uh, you know, breathing exercises or something to help ease stress. Um, All that kind of training, if you take it seriously, does carry over into your personal life. So now let's talk a little bit about the benefits toward emotional wellness, okay, that you can think of. So I'm just going to, some words out there, and I want you guys to post some words down in the comments below. What are some benefits um, to martial art um, in martial arts that help with emotional well-being? So I'll start. Oh, let this me ask you this, Rusty. Let me let me. Ask, I I got a question for you. With anger right. management, have have you ever had a student that? that was an angry student and would come on sparring night and try to take somebody's head clean off their shoulders? Ooh, no, no. Luckily, you know, even with my student, Dan, um, he was always a, a controlled spar. I mean, there were times where he wouldn't know his own strength because he was a big man. Right. Um, but, you know, for the most part, he wouldn't actively try to take somebody out or hurt someone out of anger, right? He wouldn't, he wasn't the type of guy, and, and neither one of, uh, either, there was no student of mine that w- that got pissed off because somebody was winning a kumite match or something like that, thank goodness. You know, they saw it as a learning experience. Hey, you know, I lost that match. I guess I better learn from it. I better put my hands up or, you know, I better block that kick a little bit differently or maybe I should you know, improve my peripheral vision or, you know, whatever. Oh, I was moving slow. I couldn't block it. Maybe I should work on speed. Luckily, they learned to, they learned to learn from that. Um, But um, have I met people that would get, have I seen people get pissed off if they were losing a match at tournaments all the time? Absolutely. Uh, I saw one guy that was getting his ass kicked, and he got mm-hmm. really angry because the other guy was was a, a yellow belt when he was, like, green or blue, and the mm-hmm. guy was just more aggressive than he was, and he was getting pissed. He was getting beat by a yellow belt mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Every term you go to, there's something like that happening. Yeah, and it's kind of like what – I guess what I don't understand is 
oh, I'm getting, I'm getting beat by a yellow belt. You know, why is that embarrassing? You know, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that your rank is less than. It just means that somebody else trains a little bit differently. And maybe that, maybe that other person is just used to sparring a certain way and can't yet deal with other different sparring styles or whatever, you know. So or, I always or maybe people, he was a ringer from another style and he was a higher belt in another style. Now he started his school fresh and is a white belt. And he has more right. skill level. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, uh, there was only one time I was called out for that. Um, because when I got into Kajukemba, I was, al- I was already a second-degree black belt. And, you know, I competed as – I don't think I competed very much as a color rank because I didn't see any point in it. I competed more as a, a brown belt. And – when I competed as a brown belt, um, people would go, "Hey, you know, are you from a? Do you, do you have a black belt in another style? What's going on?" And you know, and then finally, when I got my black belt in Kaju Campbell, that's when I really started competing because, you know, if I competed as a color rank, I knew that it it wouldn't have been fair, right? It it wouldn't have been right, fair. Right. I mean, if I was a yellow belt and competed in a yellow belt division. Come on, no, I can't do that, you know. So I spent years not competing and uh, just supporting others because I just didn't feel I didn't feel the need to. Um, but yeah. Now Matt Stone writes in and he writes, Rory Miller does a good job discussing the idea of needing to articulate your actions in terms of self-defense. Um, he uh, he discusses this in his book. Most martial artists focus focus on the fighting part, you know, the punching and the kicking and and being badass. They, um, however, a lot of schools give virtually no thought as to what might happen after. And as Chris Wilder pointed out in his book, Little Black Book of Violence, it's that after that can ruin your life, even if you might have been in the right during the fight. That is very true. Thank you for thank you for adding that. Um, when I was in the Guardian Angels we always discussed about the after because we weren't allowed to carry weapons. We couldn't carry guns. We couldn't carry knives. We couldn't even carry nightsticks. Um, so what we did is we carried lots of pens. <laughs> we carried pens and we loaded our berets because we wore red berets. We loaded our berets with um, lots of pins. I had so many pins and things hanging off of my beret that it almost would like droop off my head but we would use that as kind of like a makeshift sap you just roll it up right you've got all these metal things and stuff like that on there um so we we couldn't carry weapons so you know people would ask during trainings well if someone does try to attack us what do we do and you know i was a trainer at the time a self-defense trainer for the guardian angels for a little bit when they were here in seattle and i said you defend yourself and then more questions like, well, what's reasonable, what's reasonable force? What if you're, you know, freaking out and you break somebody's leg or this and that and the other? And I said, well, exactly like what Matt's saying, you have to be able to convince a jury that you felt that your life was in danger. You have to, you know, and you have to believe that if you're going to defend yourself anyway, right? 
I mean, you can't be, you know, pussyfooting around and, you know, playing with some guy with a two by four or a baseball bat or anything like that. Cause you don't know, you know, all those what ifs happen, right? Like, well, maybe I'll just try to chin him to the ground. Well, what if he breaks my hand first? And then what do I do? And he's going to pound my head. There's like so many what ifs, you know, you just treat it like a self-defense thing. But, you know, Matt's right. It is that after situation that you have to that you have to deal with. And that makes or breaks whether or not, uh, you know, you get put in jail, too. <laughs> um, Maddie goes, I agree, Ristita, once a weapon is added. Um, or super numbers, then the equation changes and all bets are off. Um, let's see. Uh, what did I do with that? Russ Ebert writes, this guy had a giant fish tank in his house. He said it helped him relax because all of the, because of all the indoor fins. Yeah. <laughs> indoor fins. I get it. Endorphins. <laughs> I get it. Giant fish tank. Um, Janie writes, after I burn my students out, at the last 10 minutes of class, I make them meditate to learn to relax and take all the stress down if they didn't have a good day training or just to help them focus. Jason Sterling is watching. Hey, hey, Jason, how you doing? Alfonso Guerrero is watching. How you doing, Alfonso? John Lupo says, then again, how would you feel if someone with zero training just came in and just dropped you while taking everything you can dish out? Well, apparently... That's a good question. I would say either A, I need to train more, a lot more, or B, um, I, the first thing I think is, well, what does this person have out for me, right? But definitely I would think I need to train more, you know, which is why I I encourage my students to cross-train. I'm not going to be one of those people that says, I know everything and you have to be loyal only to me. There is the possibility, folks, of being loyal to multiple people, right? You know, your family of teachers, right? Like, for example, you know, just as an example, you can learn from any older family member, right? You know, my dad taught me, my mom taught me, you know, my godparents taught me. About, about, you know, place settings and stuff like that. Uh, my aunties taught me, you know, do I credit only my mom and dad? No, I, I credit everyone because, you know, as they say, it takes a village. And, uh, you know, yeah, I encourage my people to cross train because I don't know it all. I don't, you know. If I were to admit what my weakness is, it's ground. Groundwork. I can grapple, but I can't, you know, I'm not going to be able to roll with the best of them because I don't have BJJ experience. I don't. Um, I can, at that point, I can only go on intuition. So I, you know, if someone says, do you know jujitsu? No, I suck at it. But can I grapple based on previous experience through Kajukenbo, because jujitsu is part of it, um, and uh, other seminars that I've taken, but I'm no good. So, you know, cross-train people, you know, definitely if somebody with no experience, you know, rung my ringer, I'm going to say, I need to train more, train more. Um, let's see. John Lupa says, you were a guardian angel back in the days before protesters became a bunch of pussies. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Because, boy, I tell you what, I remember 
um, I was leading a patrol group once in downtown Seattle. I don't remember what protest it was. And this was in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, I stopped being in the Guardian Angels at around, I think, 1991. And uh, that's when they started turning into the Q Patrol and stuff like that. But I stopped being in the Angels around 1991 because I couldn't, that there wasn't enough people to take out. And I'm like, nope, I'm not going to do that. But yeah, protesters were bold. Uh, protesters were um, would get in your face, and but you know for the most part, once they learned that we were just there to keep peace and not to run them off the road, they left us alone. Um, you know, and uh, it, a lot of times it was the counter protesters that would get violent, not the protesters themselves. So, but yeah, you're right, John. You're right. Before the days before protesters became a bunch of pussies. All right. So, uh, with that said, in regards to anger um, and hitting and and being violent with anger and stuff like that, let's talk a little bit about the good things um, about martial uh, about how martial arts helps you feel good. I'll start. You guys start writing words down below. Okay. After a workout, I love that feeling of being so tired. That 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 feeling of satisfaction that you did something and that you did something good for your body. That you uh, that you worked out. I just love that feeling. That that bone tiredness. I like that. I like going home and going. I'm just gonna eat and go to bed. I like that feeling. So, what do you guys have to say about that? So, write some words down below. The benefits um, of martial arts uh, training training as it um, applies to the you know, general well being. So, write them down below. All right. So we've only got about a half hour left to our broadcast, and I want to go into what Bob was talking about a little bit earlier, and that's martial artists with an ongoing anger problem. Do you know people like that, folks, people that that now have, you know, good skill in martial arts but still remain very angry? Do you know these people? <laughs> right in, folks. You know, give us a call if you'd like. So far, it's just uh, me and Bob. <laughs> hey, so we got Shifu and Emilio Olivieri joining us. Hi, Shifu. How are you? So we are talking about um, martial artists that are perpetually angry. Have you noticed that, you know, martial arts is supposed to teach us how to be calm under pressure, how to control our, uh, control our emotions, not necessarily be a Vulcan, but how to control um ourselves self-control impulse control um any kind of you know just a, a a sense of control over oneself um so you know it's supposed to teach us that but do you guys know anyone where those lessons just fell by the wayside and they're perpetually angry <laughs> speak up let's hear <laughs> let's hear hear what you guys think so can't wait for this delay um to happen bob because <laughs> when people finally hear what I have to say, I want to I want to see if the uh, I want to see if the comments start dinging in. So, all right, how do you want to start this conversation, Bob? You are on mute. Bob's on mute. Uh, I'm gl- I'm glad you recognize that when I mute myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, because we do know a few people in the in in the uh, martial arts community that have issues. 
you know, just they'll they'll use uh, I forget what what the app is called, but they they'll call people up to give them a hard time, but it'll it'll hide their number. So Google Voice, so Google person, Voice, yeah, is that what it is? Google Voice, where where nobody knows who's calling, yeah, and just to give yeah. them a hard time, or they'll send text, or they'll start on on social media to get everybody behind them. Uh, that sort of thing. It just irritates the hell out of me that people you can know, do that, this. And that, yeah, at that point it becomes bully behavior at that point. And, you know, I look at it this way. I look at it this way. If someone is, is confident in themselves and if they have a problem with somebody, then act like a freaking adult. And take it up with that person as opposed to like, you know, throwing out like, you know, ad hominem attacks and, and stuff like that. I mean, come on, you know, right. Here's, you know, or, or I've, I've seen people, martial artists oh, go that, ahead. that, that, uh, will have a, let's say Yelp account and somebody will, will say a negative comment. They'll actually threaten to, to show up and beat the hell out of them for a comment I know. on Yelp. Really, really? Are you as kidding comment, me? I know. As if a comment on Yelp is, you know, is going to affect, you know, the type of person that they are. At that point, it's ego. At that point, it's ego. Because, like, you know, it's, I'll bet that the same people that get pissed off because they get a negative review will not bat an eye about complaining about cold food that they got at a restaurant on Yelp. But that, right, but yet they're right. gonna get pissed off because someone left them a bad review. I look at it this way: Why is it that they're leaving a bad review? So if you're if if you did something that was not professional, if you did something that was, you know, inappropriate or whatever, you know, and you get a bad review because of it, and you get called out because of it. Oh, you just got humiliated. Now you're pissed. <laughs> right. Fix it. I mean, and, just fix it. And I, have, it I know people that that there's one individual, if he shows up this year at Dragon Fest, there are going to be issues. And yeah. they've said so. <laughs> and we know it. And I'm going, oh, you man, this other, could be ugly. Do you mean the other person said that there's going to be issues if he shows up? Or yes, Dragon Fest. If he shows up, there's there's going to be issues at Dragon Fest if this guy shows up, and the people that he disrespected, either by texting or or verbal or whatever, they're going to be face to face with him now instead of a keyboard warrior. He's going to have to deal with a face to face confrontation. Yeah, you know, I mean, I you know, I look at it this way, you know, there are two types of bullies there's the youtube bully or keyboard warriors i put it you know and then there's like the people that need professional help and you know the youtube bullies can be shut down pretty quickly if you know they really don't know crap right um but it's the people that need professional help um i don't know i mean sometimes you know You know, these are the types of people that will attack you, then get pissed that you defended yourself. Right. The hell is that all about? 
right? You know, and I've yeah. had I've had issues with people. I I ignore them, and eventually they'll, they're just going to go away. I've had yeah, my buddy Greg Holdridge defend me and and threaten to come at somebody in public if he didn't leave me alone. And all of a sudden, this right? guy's in public apologizing to me. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's because some people have such a are so stuck on themselves and have such a high uh, high opinion of themselves that they would expect others to cower under their anger. You know what I mean? You know, they get pissed and they right. expect people to go and run away with their tails hanging between their legs and they're left going, yeah, you better run, pussy. You know, and then when someone doesn't run, then all of a sudden they're like, oh, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Okay, I call that a keyboard well, warrior, a YouTube YouTube warrior. <sighs> well, yeah, and it's the same guy that came after me that went to you and lied about our falling out. And it's like, oh, I know, yeah, like right? we'll never talk about it. <sighs> yeah, yeah. And see, that's another thing. You know, the, 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 you know, in a way, this kind of behavior is like gaslighting. You know, they'll... You know, they'll do, they'll say something and then they'll apologize, you know, and then they'll tell other people to know the real story, you know, what the quote unquote actual story is in order to make people think that, well, maybe I misunderstood or maybe, or in this case, maybe Bob is this or that or the other. No, that's gaslighting. And it's a, you know, it's a classic manipulative behavior. Um, and it's just manipulative. And I found that the, the people with these high manipulative skills um, can tend to be angry a lot. Um, and it, it just, it just it, it's scary because it almost makes you, you know, it almost makes you not want to be part of another club or whatever because, you know, you don't want that person to be pissed at you. But, you know, it's kind of like, me and Bob have been like avoiding all this crap for years. And I think one of the reasons why we get pulled into stuff is because we're in the public eye and, you know, I don't know. Um, It just made no sense to me, Bob, why, you know, people are all like, you know, attacking each other and being angry with each other. And I just want to scream and go, Oh my God, you guys are like, you know, supposed to be masters and grandmasters and stuff, you know, why are you guys acting like a bunch of four-year-olds and getting and threatening people and, you know, getting all mad and stuff like that? You guys are freaking masters, for God's sake. Start acting like one, you know, because your credibility just went down the tubes if you do that crap on social media, folks. Think about it. Jeez. Okay. I'll step off my soapbox. It's it's time for Bob's soapbox now. <laughs> <laughs> Just pisses me off. Ah, anger management. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, what other thoughts do you have um with that? In the way of what? Well, in you know, in the way of like you know, martial artists that are pissy all the time, you know, it's like I find it ironic. Me personally, I find it ironic that these are like master level practitioners that are angry all the time. 
all the, the time, whether it's a jealousy thing or 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 you're involved with one, with somebody they don't like, which is very common. If you're involved with somebody that they don't like, they will bash you because it's guilt by association. Well, yeah, but you know, and then and they automatically sometimes people take it automatically that well, if you're associating with that other person, then you don't support me. No. Why does it have to be black and white like that? You know, I, I've been in that situation once. You know, why why do you talk to that person? That person dissed me. You know, because I was not dissed by them. <laughs> You know, <laughs> right, now, right. Now, if they diss me, that's a whole different story. But it's not like I don't support you. I support you, but I'm also talking to them. Now, if something goes awry and they start talking shit about you, that's when all bets are off. And I got to either A, stand up for you, or B, never talk talk to them again. You know, either or, I'm good with either, you know. Right. But, But that kind of insecurity... And uh, yeah, that insecurity um, or the the trying to find security by bringing people on your side. Now that's that's a bit much. That's a bit much. That's so grade school. Why, why do why do you know master level practitioners got to act like that? Right, right. And and I also on the same lines, I don't agree with the people that are posting the texts that these people send to them. On on social mm-hmm. media to try to get everybody now on their side to see what kind of person this is. I know what kind of person this is. I don't need it to be rehashed. Right. Right. It's the same thing Rep- that they're that they're doing to you. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Now Russ Ebert writes in, and he and he writes, "Have you seen the Nassim prank?" A man would prank folks by walking up to them and yelling and invading their space. It was a joke, but a lot of people punched him. Using a position of power only works on people that you are connected with. With strangers, it usually ends up in a fist fight. <laughs> no, Russ, I Absolutely. have not seen it. I have not seen it. But, uh, yeah, Eric Dutra writes in, bullies are cowards. When confronted, they will fold. Familia goes, I will behave at Dragon Fest, Bob. Familia, <laughs> 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 we're not worried about you, brother. <laughs> we're not worried about you. <laughs> but I tell you what, you know, I tell you what, though, Remilio, if there's hide nor hair of that guy that you've been dealing with, feathers are going to fly. <laughs> I'll bet feathers are going to fly because that ain't right. Anyway, anyway, um, I, now I want to look up the net, the net film prank, N-A-P-H-I-L-I-L-M, net film. I don't know. Um, let's see here. Uh, Maddie goes with what you were just saying about, you know, masters act like masters set an example. Um, the real question is, are they from McDojo's or not? You know, Matt, Maddie, I don't really think it's a matter of being from McDojo's or not. It's just the fact that they're martial artists. You know, if there are martial artists out there that have an anger problem, um, you know, or feel like they have to just, you know, rank on people and, and 
and diss them and uh, disrespect them like on social media, it uh, it number one, it destroys their credibility. Because who wants to hear, oh, grandmaster in this or master in that, and they're off, you know, calling people names and stuff like that, attacking their families, their livelihood, their physical appearance and stuff like that. That doesn't look very masterful to very many people. So you've just destroyed your, your credibility. Why? Because you wanted to give in to the luxury of a few minutes of pissiness. There you go. Now you got to deal with the consequences. Oh, you're not getting very many students because it's going around that you're a loose cannon. Well, deal with it. Too bad, so sad, you know. <laughs> right. Anyway, yeah. Uh, Ramelia goes, I get the whole master thing, yet I had to do what I did on social media as a warning to others. Used to have wanted posters to do that. Now social media can do it instantly. Well, you know, Super Ramelia that was, I would say, a good reason for you to post what you did. That's a good reason. Because, you know, I'm sorry, anyone that abuses children, I think, needs, the, the warning needs to go out. And so there's no worries there. Um, that had to go out. Um, let's see. Eric goes, what? With all these masters all dissing on each other? Are we back in high school again? <laughs> and then Janie writes in, yep. eh, people are, at, people are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Quick and to the point. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's it's true. Um, Matt writes, insecurity and immaturity. Martial artists aren't inherently any different or better than normal people. Their egos get involved, their feelings get hurt, and juvenile behavior ensues. Exactly. And I and we were talking about that earlier is insecurity, um, immaturity, in this case emotional immaturity. I mean, if someone calls out that, you know, oh hey, you know, you you've got a letter wrong on your sign or whatever, and these people like get all pissed off and start attacking attacking you or whatever. I mean, and unrelated stuff too. Blah, 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 blah. Grow some hair. What does that have to do with anything? What kind of, you know, why why do you have to insult the person? You know, I mean, gee whiz, is it to get a rise out of them? Well, I tell you what, you know, sometimes martial artists don't get bothered by that. And what happens then? Then the original insulter gets more pissed. <laughs> and it's just an ugly cycle. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So, anyway, so we are talking, if you're just tuned in, we are talking about um, anger and anger issues and bullying within the martial arts community. And um, and we're just talking about it. Personally, I think it's, it's, it's disappointing to hear that, you know, masters um, are acting like that. Because, you know, I know back in the day, and you know this too, right? You know, back in the day when you heard about your grandmaster or whatever, and you saw them on VHS videos or reel-to-reel or whatever you saw them on, you you wanted to be like your teacher. You wanted to be like your grandmaster, and they set the example for you. You looked up to them, right? Now, 
how would you feel if you know this grandmaster that that uh, that you admired and and wanted to be like? Let's say you're, let's say you're a kid. You find out that they're you know yelling at other people for you know questioning their style or calling people names and stuff like that, trying to get on the radio and and call people out because that's all you could do back then. There was no social media. You know what would you think about your your grandmaster then? I bet it would change your outlook on them as a person, right? Not necessarily their skill, but them as a person. And that undermines their credibility, destroys their credibility. So, wow, it just it's just disappointing to me. Um, let's see. Oh, sorry, typo. Nafield, N-A-P-H-I. So he sent a link to a video, so go click the link under Russ Ebert's latest comment. Um, I don't know. I mean, if, 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 if Bob, if you and I were standing in a crowd of people and some random guy just came up and started yelling and getting in our space, what would you do? <laughs> I, I would flip a coin on to see which one of us is going to hit him first. <laughs> here, Bob, here comes the crazy guy. Pull out a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'll take his kneecaps and you trap his arm and then hit him in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, I mean, you know, some of those pranks that I've seen on YouTube and like, you know, Buzzfeed and stuff like that. I, I swear to God, I'm surprised that not many people have gotten shot from some of these pranks. Cause you know, and then, oh, it's just a prank, it's just a prank, it's just a prank. It's kind of like, jerk, you almost got, you almost got killed. I mean, there was one time, I think I told Bob this story, but I don't know if I told anyone else. There was this one time I was driving down the freeway and I was going to get onto a, um, an on-ramp to Interstate 5. And the on-ramp, it's a collector distributor lane. So, you know, you have to go, you have to, you know, merge left to get into the lane but there are people coming up from under the bridge. So anyway, another car and I are actually doing this. We're going up the hill and we're going like this. This is me. And then this car slows down a little bit and I see the butt of a gun, a rifle come out of the, come out of the uh, passenger window. So I slow down and this is when I was carrying, I reached back and I put my gun in my left hand and I'm like, what's, what's going on? Right. And just out of the blue, this kid leans out the window and points it at me, and I point my pistol out the window, and I duck, and I realize that they actually squirted water onto my windshield. I was livid. No anger management for that one. <laughs> I caught up with them on I-5, and when the traffic slowed down a little bit, I rolled down my window and they were laughing and it was just a bunch of teenagers in a car. And I said, you see this? This is real. You almost got shot. You better stop and think of what you did. Because if you point that at an undercover cop, you might not be going home, son. And I drove off. And I, and for the life of me, I, I hope that they took that advice. Because to them it was a prank. But 
in my case, I thought it was a real rifle. And, you know, to have somebody lean out a passenger window and point it at me, what are you supposed to think? I mean, stupid-ass pranks will get you hurt. Oh, my gosh. Um, Matt Stone writes, I was attacked, quote-unquote, by a former high-visibility teacher because I made a misinterpreted comment about how he uses Chinese terminology. I commented that I had a hard time understanding things due to, let me put this see here. I had a hard time understanding things due to my own difficulties with Cantonese and that his unique methods just confused me further. And he blasted me, calling me obscene names, etc., as if I questioned his personal legitimacy. And this is a guy who has been on the covers of magazines, has been around the world teaching seminars, and is a celebrity name in the kung fu world. Proof that ego doesn't go away with rank or time in the arts. That is too bad. Especially if they've been on covers of magazines and taught seminars around the world. And it makes you wonder. God, now I now I want to know who it was. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I, know, I right? probably know him. <laughs> well, probably, but you know, um, you know, we're not we're not discussing this to um, call out people or to oh, of course not. You know, or to um, humiliate people in public, like you know, some of them would have with others well, we're not going to do that because um i'd like to think that bob and i are better than that we're just discussing the behavior and the the motivation behind it because why i mean you know you're a master you're a grandmaster or you're a sensei or a shifu or a sabumim or whatever you know set an example you know you had to show that you learned the example in order to get your black belt. So what happened somewhere between like first degree and eighth or ninth or whatever degree you forgot? No excuses. That's not an excuse. It's just, it's just disappointing. Um, So Russ says, so the entire milkshake throw, the, the entire milkshake thrown on my windshield would have made you freak out. No, it was, It was a gun. <laughs> it was. It was no. It was. It was someone sticking out a, a water rifle out the window, and it looked a rifle. They had blacked out, you know, whatever you know, water rifles look like. They blacked it out. I saw the muzzle of it come out, and then a kid comes. And this was not like a two-year-old kid. It was like a teenager, and pointed it right at me, and I thought, "Oh crap, I'm gonna die!" Right. And then water hit my windshield, and I went, oh, my God, because I had a gun in my hand. I figured, oh, my God, you know, I, what? What's going to happen? You know, are they going to stop in front of me? Or is, you know, am I not going to be able to pull over anywhere? Are they going to get out of the car? You know, all the whips. So 60 seconds. I'll be ending here in a few minutes. So I had a gun in my hand. I didn't pull it out and point it at them. But when I did catch up with them, I did warn them, hey, you better stop that because you see this? This is real. You could have been shot, you know, all for water. And you thought it was funny? You know, good thing you didn't shoot at a cop, an undercover cop car, idiots. So anyway, 
<laughs> well, we are running out of time. Um, Maddie goes, I don't blame you for that part, Rosita. If you see something that looks like a farm, you, can, you can't take chances. You can't afford hesitation. As much as the press likes to try and say otherwise, it's still the same dog-eat-dog world. Yeah, that's true, unfortunately. So, 10 seconds. Last thoughts on Bob's part about anger management in martial arts, uh, the benefits of martial arts for emotional well-being or bullying and uh, manipulation and anger um, within the martial arts community. What are some last thoughts you have there, Bob? Bob's on mute. I did it again. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Uh, I would, I would say would just stop either, uh, to get your emotions under control, uh, stop this public, uh, displays of stupidity, uh, go seek professional <laughs> help. If you're bipolar, uh, do something to fix it. Right. And, and right. don't think that you're in the right because you're, you're an idiot. You're you're in the wrong trying to do this to people. Uh, you need to 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 just stop what you're doing and and act like a master and set the example for your other students. Your students aren't going to like it when they see you threatening people because they gave you a negative review on Yelp. Yeah, you know I don't I don't care what condition someone has. I don't care if someone has Tourette's. I don't care if someone is bipolar. I don't care if someone has ADHD. That is not an excuse to threaten other people, to be manipulative, you know. Um, it's, it's not an excuse. Not, not, not. It's something that you know you did. You cannot blame that, you know, on on, I don't know. I mean, some people will say, oh, you know, bipolar, and I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, come on. You know exactly what you're doing if you're going to insult someone's physical appearance. You know um, you, that you knew what you were doing if you're going to insult someone's style. Because, you know, a crime, that's not a crime of passion. That's a crime of stupidity. There's no, there's no excuse. I'm not taking any excuse. That's, that's, that's bullshit. Now, Jamie says well, someone tried to... But that's what... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no no go ahead no go ahead I can read this later. Well, and and I think that's that's what a lot of these, not that they aren't serious, but I think a lot of people are using their condition as an excuse, or maybe they don't even have that condition. They're pulling that condition out of the air and using it as an excuse for their actions, and it's wrong. It it is. I don't know how many times I've been you know defriended on Facebook because I would not use their excuse of whatever, you know, mental issue or or whatever, you know, oh, I've got autism or I've got, you know, Asperger's or whatever. So, you know, you should just be able to take it when I pretty much brag about myself and, you know, try to correct masters when I don't even have, you know, when I don't even have the same experience or whatever, you know. You know, don't brag on yourself. And then and then have someone call you out and they go, oh, you called me out. Well, you know I have Asperger's, so why are you so mean to me? And I'm gonna I'm gonna freaking defriend you. Go ahead. I don't care. <laughs> go ahead. But if you when you have to use your condition as an excuse, no. 
No. No, 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 no. You know, I mean, I've known people with Asperger's, and they'll, you know, they'll drop the F-bomb and talk this and talk that and talk smack or whatever, and then they'll get back to what they're saying. I can take it for a grain of salt because that's just something in brain processing. Well, you know, so is autism and Asperger's and stuff like that, but don't use it as an excuse. Don't use it as a crutch to be able to, like, play the victim and go, oh, well, why do you got to call me out on me bragging? Why you got to call me out on me saying that I'm better than, than this and that and the other and blah, blah, blah. It's like, uh, you know, I'm calling you out because maybe you're not <laughs> better than this master or the other. And well, why are you being so mean to me? Oh, my gosh. And that's So what does Janie have to say? She writes, someone tried to do one of those pranks on my husband when he was a truck driver, and he caught them out of the corner of his eye. And when the guy got in, arms reached, my husband grabbed him, grabbed him and slammed him up against the trailer and drew back. The dude said he was sorry that he was going to slap, um, that he was going to slap my hubs on the back of the head because he saw a prank. My husband said, you could have gotten hurt real bad or killed, so stop doing that. Um and Matt goes, I was a student of his student at the time, too. <laughs> I don't know which part of the conversation we were um, talking about. Um, oh, okay, I get it. I get it, Matt. I know I'm following the conversation now. Um, and John Lupo says, you throw a milkshake on my windshield, you better pray you can run faster than me swinging a baseball bat at you and screaming. I promise I won't hurt you. <laughs> 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 um if you know you have bipolar disorder, then you can't use it as an excuse. That's what Rick Kellerman says. Hi, Rick. How you doing? Thanks for joining us for the last few minutes of our broadcast here. Thanks for your comment. Yeah, you know, you can't say, oh, yeah, I'm bipolar, and that's why I'm I'm insulting people and, and calling them out and insulting their families and insulting their, their, their weight and their lack of hair and all this other kind of stupid crap. No. That's a that, – no, I – no. That's a cop-out. You made the choice to make those comments. It, it has nothing to do with bipolar. Sorry. Um, people use a mental illness as a punchline to escape. That's why I put it into something that doesn't exist, Maddie Elvin. Um, well, you know, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Um, however, you know, there is there is mental illness, Um out there. Um, the trick is, is getting people to recognize it and to fix it or not to fix it, but to manage it uh, because there are processing disorders. Um, no if, buts or what's about it. So I believe mental illness does exist. Um, do I believe that there's violence due to mental illness? There can be, yes. But if someone's going to use that as an excuse, then no. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. Um Joe Franklin says I'm late but hello. Yeah, sorry buddy cuz we're going to be signing off here in a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> it is 8:07 and it's dinner time for Rusty and I haven't I haven't eaten yet. So, um any any last words there, Bob? No, I think it was a great show, great topic, great discussion. Got a lot of things actually off our chest that were bothering us about certain things. Oh yeah, you know, and uh, it's uh, it's always great to to have our uh, have our listeners uh, join in and uh, and uh, 
um, add their comments and, and stuff like that. It's always so fun. We wish more people would call in. <laughs> uh, and we, we do have to say there's not – oh, another couple things. Real quick, uh, I'm okay. going to the premiere of uh, Paying Mr. McGetty with Don Wilson and R. Marcus Taylor, a couple other people. Uh, James Wilson is setting me up to do interviews. And with nice. that said, there will be no show next week, right? We're all going right. to be down right. in Calder City. But yes. we're going to have the interviews and stuff on the following week. Yes, yes. We'll be doing interviews down there at the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame in Culver City. So no show next week. But do keep an eye out on my profile page or Bob's profile page or the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page um, um, for some live broadcasts during the seminars and interviews and stuff like that. So again, check out Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio, my page, Robert Deal's page. And if you don't like the Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio uh, Talk Radio page yet, page, not the group, page, please like us if you like what you hear, if you like the topics we talk about, if you like how much fun we have on here and, and uh, um, the mix between funny and serious uh, discussion. You know, like the page, so that way you can get uh, news about upcoming broadcasts and stuff like that. John Lupo goes, I don't know if this qualifies for conversation, but have you seen that show, Cobra Kai? You know, let's talk about that the next time. Let's talk about, um, you know, these new shows coming up, especially, you know, Cobra Kai. Let's talk about your favorite martial arts shows and, and why, TV shows or movies and stuff like that. I think that would make for a great topic. I think that would make a think, great huh? show. I yeah, think so. let's do that. Let's do that, and uh, let's see if we can get some people to call in, and let's let's uh, talk a little bit about your favorite martial arts movies or shows, and and why. And if we haven't seen it, tell us a uh, give us a synopsis of the uh, of the story, and uh, maybe we'll go out and Netflix it. <laughs> That'd be fun. All right. Well, we are going to sign off been on since 6 o'clock and Rusty's hungry and we're going over time but this is Bob and Rusty and we are signing out uh, tune in two weeks from now 6pm Pacific time we'll see everyone next time this is Rusty and Bob Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio signing out bye everybody bye 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 bye